Today, we have a special guest from Locked On Padres and Locked On Nationals doing a little series preview, but not just a series preview. We both have very similar interests in players for both of these teams, considering one massive trade that we'll get into right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals and Locked On Padres your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Lowest our last minute tickets, lowest price. Always guaranteed with our friends over at Game Time. And so, as we were saying, Locked On Padres and Locked On Nationals combine here for a Locked On crossover mm. where you get your team every day. And so, I'm joined by Javier Rias from Locked On Padres. Javi, how are you doing, my friend? The I, I'm doing I'm doing as good as one can be, my friend Ryan. <laughs> I just. Uh, it's funny because you reached out to me like at the beginning of the season to do a crossover and we ended up not being able to do it. And I kind of wish we did it back then because I might've been happier. I might've yeah. been in a more uppity animated mood. Dare I say I, everyone still, if you're watching the video, they could see the, the cloud hat that I have on. Cause that's kind of a, how the Padres have been, man, but I'm excited to talk <laughs> all these things, excited to talk about the trades and I guess preview this series because that's what we do. Of course, yeah. We'll we'll be previewing the series a little bit later on in the show. But last year, Hobby, if you do mm. remember, the Padres made a trade for a superstar, a very young superstar, mm-hmm. and he did play for the Washington Nationals. That is outfielder Juan Soto. And obviously that trade kind of sent the sports world up in a frenzy just because of the return that the Nationals got. And then also the Padres got a young superstar like Juan Soto with two and a half years left of control and – you know, I know a lot of people in San Diego haven't been thrilled with his production so far, but what do you think is the ultimate feel right now in San Diego with how they're doing with Juan Soto? I think it, it's so complicated. Not really. It's, this is a rocket science, but it's because there's there's a couple aspects of this. Number one is just, yeah, Soto in his Padres tenure has been considerably worse um, than when he was with the Nationals. His batting average is lower. But granted, that first month of this season, he was pretty terrible, but he looks back to being what he was. He's, his WRC Plus is up there. He's back to a 400 on base. He's been good. He's been very good, even if not necessarily uh, on the batting average front. So he's been good, but the problem is that you can't really judge the trade in a vacuum, unfortunately. And that's what I've been talking about in my show is that, you know, the Padres famously, they've made quite a lot of moves, Ryan, over the past mm-hmm. few years. They've made a lot of trades. I would argue that with the exception of the Austin Nola trade, uh, at the time, which I, in fairness, I didn't know it was going to get this bad uh, on the NOLA front. But that was the only one where I was like, all right, did you need to do that? Whatever. I, I don't know who Ty France is anyway. Of course, <laughs> he ends up being great, right? But I also didn't know that they would then continue to trade for years uh, and do all these moves. So the Soto trade, my biggest issue, and before it even happened, I did on my episode talking about whether or not they should do it. It was heavily rumored. It was between them, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers once upon a time. Right. I remember that trade deadline. It was crazy. 
And my thing was, yeah, I'll be ecstatic if they do it. But I never thought that they had to. Um, I just thought that, you know, team building in baseball is a lot more complicated than just, hey, go bring in Kevin Durant or go bring in another superstar and call it a day and figure it out later. Uh, instead, with the Padres, you're seeing that the lack of depth is really hurting this team and the lack of assets is hurting this team because people keep tweeting at me, DFA Grisham, DFA Nola, trade Snell, get rid of them all. And I keep saying, okay, sure, but who are the replacements? You traded all the replacements. They're all gone. So it's not that all of this is a bad and always going to turn out poorly the way it has for the Padres so far when you trade for so many stars, but it adds up. And the problem is if those stars aren't playing at their star level, then you start to see the problems appear. Machado has not been good. Tatis only just got back, really. Xander Bogarts has been dreadful for the last month. And Soto was bad the first month. So that's the big issue here. And that's kind of a, it's tough because on paper, I don't mind the trade at all, even though I'm, I'm going to ask you now how how my beloveds, how all the, who allegedly, you know, the coverage was, oh, the, the Padres got the, they fleeced the Nationals. I, I, I never thought that. I was like, for a guy that might be leaving anyway, I thought, yeah, I mean, they got some pretty good prospects, and it sounds like they've been doing pretty well for your team. They have been, and you know what? It's highlighted by James Wood, who right now is in high A Wilmington. He's a top 10 prospect in baseball. I think when it's all said and done, as he continues to mature and grow as a player, he's probably going to be the number one prospect in all of baseball up to some point. Who knows when that'll be, but Mm -hmm. at some point, I do believe he will be. He's just that good. But looking at the major leaguers, C.J. Abrams, we'll start with him. You guys love C.J. Abrams, and I've kind of made the case to Nationals fans that if C.J. Abrams was drafted and developed by the Washington Nationals, he would not be up in the majors even right now. I think the Padres kind of rushed him along, especially Mm -hmm. last year with Fernando Tatis and everything that was going on with him. And so – C.J. Abrams has had his struggles. A lot of Nationals fans have kind of been upset with the slugging numbers. He's been kind of inconsistent in the field. But even then, you see the talent and you see the flashing of the leather that he does every other game. But at some point, it has to click for him at the plate. You got to see these extra base hits. You got to see him put the ball on the other side of the field because that's really one of his main issues right now is that he's just pulling the ball. And without the shift, it's certainly helping him a little bit, but also they're figuring out a way to get outs on CJ Abrams. He's not really walking a lot of guys, but then hobby Mackenzie Gore, Mackenzie yeah. Gore has come in this year. Nationals fans love him. The strikeout rate is up there. I mean, he, I believe he's in the 80th percentile over on baseball Sabbath there. And I just love what Mackenzie Gore provides. I think this is someone who is a front-of-the-line ace for a team. I really do think that in what he has done for the Nationals so far this year. He's had some rocky moments. He's walked a lot of batters. But, hey, I mean, any young pitcher in baseball, you're going to be walking a lot of batters as soon as you enter the big leagues. It's just – it is what it is. Steven Strasburg did it. All these big-time prospects that the Nationals have had, and really any MLB prospect, they walk a ton of guys earlier on in their career – so I'm not really too concerned about that with Mackenzie Gore. I truly think the Nationals got their ace with Mackenzie Gore. And I know a ton of people over in San Diego were pretty upset to see him go just because of the prospect that he used to be. He was a top 10 prospect for a while, man. We knew a ton about him. He's a, Even as Nationals fans, everyone really knew the name. So there's a ton to break down with this trade. But, I mean, the instant reaction that Nationals mm-hmm. fans had was, man, we're sad to see Juan Soto go. 
but mm-hmm. look at this return. And then I didn't even mention Robert Hassel, who has kind of been injured. He's been up and down, but mm-hmm. he's really kind of turned around as of recent. Yeah, I mean, it's a really nice package. Uh, probably one of the be- be- bigger packages we've ever seen for a superstar. And you talked about Wood and all these guys. And I know Padres fans, they like to say, well, these are improving commodities. And you don't know what they're going to be while Soto is a proven commodity. And that's true. My issue with the trade isn't so much who they got back or who they gave up. It's just the idea of having a way to move your roster around if things don't go well. So all the Padres fans and, and everybody who, who might be frustrated, yeah, guess what? Um, if Manny Machado has a poor season or Hassan Kim has a poor season, you know, it feels really good if you could just be like, all right, well, we have CJ Abrams in our back pocket. We don't have to worry about like just this giant need to go out and spend more or wait another five years for a prospect to come along. Same thing goes for James Wood. Everyone's telling me DFA Grisham. You know what feels really great? Yeah, Grisham might not be good, but don't worry because we have literally the top guy uh, in the farm coming up. So it just gives you hope. And if you don't want to start those guys, don't worry about it. You can use maybe just a couple of them to improve your team, right? Maybe you only trade Wood for a top-of-the-line starter. Maybe you go get Corbin Burns this year. Not that pitching has been the Padres' problem. I'm just giving examples where it's like, all right, if you have problems with your lineup, but the problem is you gave up everything that you had, more or less. I know that they've got a couple interesting prospects still left in their system. Um, and I think that their system often, the Padres, I mean, often is a little bit underrated for how quickly they've been able to to retool, um, considering how many trades AJ Preller has made. But so many. <laughs> you look at it now and it's 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 just it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. And especially with them going out and getting Bogarts, it makes you wonder, do you feel better about this team going forward and just having a little bit more wiggle room? If you were able to keep all those guys instead of giving them all up for Soto, it's not an easy question, and I don't really have an answer necessarily to it. But uh, it's it's a lot, man. And, and with C.J. Abrams, I think that was a great point that you made. Is also just the impatience uh, by the Padres. I remember when they called him up. I thought it was exciting, maybe to have a platoon with Hassan Kim and him at short. But my opinion when they called up Abrams was, you sign Kim, let him play. Like let's see what he has. And then what ended up happening is Kim played majority of the time. He was more ready immediately ready on defense and he's still a great defender so that's what ended up happening it was a rush to try and recapture almost when they called up Tatis uh, early and then he was great immediately but Aaron's wasn't ready yet he's still he's still a little lad he's still it's still a baby for all intents yeah. and purposes and for him to be called up is such a exciting sign that he's at least getting reps this early but yeah I agree 100% man I thought when they made that move it was rushed I thought when they rushed up Luis Campisano a few years ago that was really rough and Mackenzie Gore was, you know, I remember when he was the top pitching prospect and then he fell off for whatever reason because he got hurt and all this stuff. Then they called him up. He was great. And now he's on the Nationals. So it's just been a lot of not convinced that the Padres are they're, they're this really impatient. Um, and I think that is a mistake to look at, particularly in baseball, for you to only look at your playoff success and say, well, we got that far before, so if we just add more, we'll go farther. You know what I mean? That's This isn't the NBA. This isn't the NFL. And I think that uh, in this sport, oftentimes, uh, it's, it's not always so kind if you just go all in uh, so quickly. Absolutely. And you know what, Javi? I am going to put you on the spot. I'll answer this question after this. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, here's the question. Would you have made that trade again? I'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Before we get into that question, we got to tell you guys about our friends over at 
so rare and guys so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 mlb teams unlike other fantasy baseball platforms so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience collecting buying selling and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play plus the more you win the more you advance collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next two level competitions and rewards also a cool little nugget on this Juan Soto is technically our co-worker, right, Javi? Because he is partnered with SoRare. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineups, and start competing today to win epic rewards again. That's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. Now we get back into it with mm-hmm. Javi from Locked On Padres. I'm Ryan from Locked On Nationals. And Javi, before we get into previewing this series, mm-hmm. would you have made that trade looking back about 10 months ago? <laughs> see, see, with a question like that, now I understand why when I watch part of the interruption, Mike Wilbot is scared to, to take a side <laughs> on something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get what it feels like, man, because that, that's what I wish I could do. I am going to say with the knowledge and I'm not necessarily saying for Bogarts specifically, but with the knowledge that they were still down to spend a lot of money afterwards. Cause that was another fear of mine, which was like, well, Hey, they, they, they can't keep spending and they ended up doing it for Bogarts. And that's a separate conversation. I'm going to say with the knowledge that the Padres were absolutely down to keep spending because as evidenced by the Darvish Cronenworth Machado, and then the signing of Bogarts, I'm going to say no. I, I, I think I, I think I might say no just because you can get some stars elsewhere. You know, you know what would feel really good right now? Oh, maybe you could go get Matt Chapman. Maybe you can enter the show Yatani sweepstakes. I'm going to say no. It hurts. I, and I, I might look so stupid in like a month if this team turns it around. But I'm going to say, and it has literally nothing to do with Soto as a player. And as evidence, because he's been very good. Uh, for the Padres as a whole this year, but they've been struggling and they can't score runs. So I'm going to say no, especially knowing that they were down to still spend in the offseason the way they did. And to answer this pretty quickly, I, I would still make the trade uh, 365 mm-hmm. days a year, seven days a yeah, like, week. You're like, like, yeah. like we, <laughs> you're like, I'm all in. I love and it's not, yeah, same. Like, I, I love the prospect haul that we got. And honestly, I look back to our 2010s run. I mean, we really had a decade of dominance in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that was because not only we were spending our money pretty wisely, which is something that you have to do, but we had the prospects, we had the farm system, and that was something mm-hmm. that we were dead last in in 2021. And now, just from that trade last year, it thrusted us into the top 10 in most every farm system power ranking. So mm-hmm. I, I would make that trade any day of the week. It's I love Juan Soto. I love the prospect. I love everything about Juan Soto. I wanted him to be a national for life. But if you're telling me you're going to give us that package for him, I have to do it. And it's like, this is one of those trades. You won a World Series out of it, too. Yes. Or not out of it. You already had won a World Series. So it's like, it's not like we're dying for winning. Yeah, so you're good. Yeah, exactly. We're fine. I won a World Series. I got my ring. I love Juan Soto. I've loved all the superstars that have just walked away or been traded away. But the game sucks, man. Baseball is not a (laughs) one-man sport. 
And <laughs> we definitely know that over here on Locked On Nationals. And of course, you know that as well over on Locked On Padres. But it's not just about the Juan Soto trade. We know Javi and I, we've been wanting to talk about this for ages now, for years and years and years. But of course, the Nationals and the Padres get set for a three game series starting tonight with Mackenzie Gore on the bump. Their guy going up against his former team, the top five pick back in 2017. He's taking the bump tonight against you, Darvish. So, Javi, how do you feel about tonight's game in this really electric pitching matchup with Darvish and Gore? Yeah, exactly. Electric pitching matchup is right. For that alone, it's like one of the more excited that I've been, excited games that I've, uh, hold on. It's one of the more, <laughs> one of the most uh, excited. I can't speak. It's uh, <laughs> a game that I've been, I'm really excited for because it's, and that's weird considering how bad the Padres have been, but just from a fan of storylines and all that stuff, seeing Gore again, seeing my beloved as good as he was for the pods and seeing what he does with the nationals um, is it, going to be really exciting. I think there's going to be a feeling of almost like a, you know, a throwback, like <laughs> it's not, it hasn't been that long ago, but it's, just going to be re- really cool to see Abrams. It's going to be really cool to see the Nationals and see what they do. I know you guys don't have uh, my other beloved, Luke Boyd, who we didn't mention also got sent back yep. over in the trade because the Nationals, or I'm sorry, Eric Hosmer was like, heck no. Uh, so then they had to send Luke Boyd instead, uh, which again, as I've joked many times, in his last act of cruelty and hatred against the San Diego Padres, Eric Hosmer killed Luke Boyd. Um, so that, that's the thing. Uh, but I'm really excited for this series, man. I think Darvish versus... Gore is like a sneaky pitcher's duel potential game. I think it could be really great. Um, and I'm curious to see the rest of the Nationals lineup, especially Abrams on the base paths, um, you know, whether or not he, he, you know, causes a stir there because the pods uh, at times against the Arizona Diamondbacks have shown trouble when they face these like speedy sort of teams. So I'm curious to see how they handle uh, CJ Abrams, but I'm super excited, man. And it's, it, it, that's it though, because <laughs> I'm, I don't, I don't have any expectations they faced the Royals last week, and they looked terrible against them. They lost two out of three. Uh, I, I don't care if they won one game. They looked bad against the Red Sox. They looked awful against the Dodgers. So uh, it's my intrigue is not predicated on the Padres winning. It is predicated on watching certain players play, uh, yep. and that's kind of my vibe heading into it. And you know what? You brought up something with C.J. Abrams. I think a lot of Nationals fans have kind of been a little frustrated with is that like he is a very speedy guy. And, like, when you see him on the base path, like, talk about someone who can stretch a single into a double and a double into a triple. That's C.J. Abrams. But when he gets on the base path, this Nationals team hasn't been as aggressive as you'd think. We have multiple guys who are in the top percentile in baseball savant. And and I believe C.J. Abrams in the 90th percentile and Lane Thomas, who's in the 94th percentile. These guys are blazers. But you don't really see them as much sealing these bases. The Nationals really aren't that aggressive with it. And a lot of people have been like, well, is this Davey Martinez, our manager, being like, hey, like, let's produce runs and let's not get out to second base. But I also think in today's age, with all the new rules, you should be running everywhere. Mm-hmm. C.J. Abrams should have the green light to go wherever he wants. But also, it's not just about the lack of aggressiveness, but – CJ also has to get on base. He has to take his walks. He has to get hits. And that's something that he just hasn't been able to do consistently. But when he's hot, this guy's hot. Like he gets on streaks, man, over a few game stretch. He's had multiple hits like CJ Abrams. I'm not concerned about what he has done. 
It's just a matter of developing and staying consistent, which is just a lot of these young guys who are up in the major leagues. He's still only 22 years old. But C.J. Abrams, I think, could have a major impact on this series if he does get on base. Because when he's on base, you can't tell me that you Darvish won't be thinking about what he can do on the base path in the back of his mind while towing that mound tonight. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, and just look at his numbers, 283 on base isn't really going to cut it. Again, he's still such a baby that it's like, it's so hard to analyze this guy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the Padres calling him up too early, even if I, I'm not that type of fan to like root for this trade to hurt you guys now <laughs> to make hey, myself man. feel better. I, I want good baseball players to be good. Um, and it would be a shame, though, to see him if it just didn't pan out because of the early call up and all that. But and, and the only st- five stolen bases like. You know, Estrella Ruiz has been kind of the, the star in terms of stolen bases this year. Uh, and that uh, another former Padre. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, I, that's another thing you should know about me, Ryan. I, I could break down at any moment um, <laughs> when discussing this team. And when I remember all the former great players that we have, uh, including uh, Trey Turner is another one of your team. So that's like it, it can happen every now and then. But uh, yeah, v- very curious to see how that goes. But I'm, I'm also wondering, like just in general, um, aside from kind of the the, the obvious names, are there any kind of players that you think that the Padres fans should know about that aren't necessarily, you know, your Gore or your Abrams? Like, who are some other people you think to keep an eye on for the series, do you think? Absolutely. I have two guys for you, and one of those is Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas mm-hmm. is one we traded John Lester for back in 2021. Who John Lester, yeah, yeah. back in that 2021 season, was yeah. awful for the Nationals. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> we got, yeah, we got, and also, just a quick, quick side note, John Lester gave the middle finger to a bunch of Nationals fans sitting outside the clubhouse as he got traded. Flipped the bird to them. No one knows why, but he did. He did that. We got Lane Thomas in return, and all this guy really has done so far is hit. This year, he has been the Nationals' best hitter by far and away, in my opinion. He hits for power. He's going to hit for average. He gets extra base hits. He doesn't really walk that much, but at the end of the day, this guy has an impactful swing. Not too many people really know about him. He's kind of like those, I don't want to say a five-tool player because he's not like a a James Wood type of guy, you Mm -hmm. know? But he's like someone who has a really good hit tool. He can also hit for power. He's speedy on the base path. He plays solid defense. He can play all three defensive outfield positions. So this is someone who is of value of the Nationals. Not a lot of people really know about him, but this May, he's been tearing the cover off the baseball. And also, I'll give you another one real quick. Jamer Candelario, who has been on fire for the Nationals so far in May after coming off a little injury there early on in May. And he is someone who was DFA'd by the Detroit Tigers this last offseason, led the league in doubles back in 2021, and he has been playing a very good defensive third base for the Nationals and also being a switch hitter. He's been killing the baseball on both sides of the plate. He has some power. He can hit for average, but he does a ton of damage for this Nationals offense, which doesn't really have that many big hit tools or power tools consistently in the lineup. So having someone like Candelario and also someone like Lane Thomas is someone who both of them will really make a huge impact in this series in my mind. But to swing that question back to you, Javi, we know Juan Soto. We know the guys who are in there doing damage day in and day out, but who are some guys that we may need to worry about outside of the obvious with Juan Soto? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, so everyone kind of knows the Padres, so. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, right? It's like kind of, yeah. The, the, 
I would say, I think there's two, um, or at least two entities I could talk about. The first one being Matt Carpenter. Um, he's not incredible or anything, but he hits for a modicum of power. He has a good walk rate. He's fine. He's like a 112, 120-ish, flirts with 120 now, and then kind of WRC plus guy. So he, he can do stuff. He's a fine batter. He's the type of batter that the Padres need, um, you know, at the end of their lineup. Just these sort of solid players. Yes, he's old. And yes, if you throw like inside fastballs, I swear he never hits them. But, you know, for the most part, at least he's just a solid player. And that's kind of what the Padres needed. Um, unfortunately, the rest of their lineup has not played up to snuff really in totality. But that's the one to watch out for in terms of lineup. And the other thing would probably just be pitching overall. Um, and I'd probably say with the bullpen, Tom Cosgrove has like a seven and two thirds innings scoreless streak. So he's been on fire lately. Um, obviously, you know about Josh Hader, but then there's, you know, just a, a decent amount of arms in there uh, for the Padres. I think Steven Wilson is still pitching right now and don't like some of their ERA numbers aren't the best in the world, but that's just like a couple blowups, especially in the mm-hmm. case of Steven Wilson, who got lit up in the Mexico City series when, you know, they played on the moon. So I, I, I wouldn't look too much into that, but I definitely keep an eye on some of those um, relievers and then Matt Carpenter. And then, yeah, basically everything else is known, right? You know, yeah. Bogarts, you know, Tatis. Tatis has been um, not walking as much of late, but has compacted that with a lower strikeout rate. And he's still hitting for power. So he's he's getting along. And especially for a guy who obviously has missed the whole season. I've been thrilled with what Tatis has done, even if he hasn't been quite MVP level. He's got like a 127 WRC+. He's still been very, very good. And a third thing, actually, now that I think about it, um, it's not a player. But most underrated thing, it's starting to catch flames. It's starting to be talked about a little bit. Watch Tatis in the outfield because he has been electric there. Outfield assists. He gets to the ball quickly. He's using his athleticism. It's awesome. Uh, And in fact, if you check his outs above average numbers, he's in the top percentiles there too. It has been a welcome, I don't want to say like a shock because he wasn't bad in the limited time he spent there in 2021. But for him to be this good so quickly, I think is a huge, huge plus for a Padres team that had so many questions uh, heading into the season about positional changes. So I'd watch for Tatis' defense as well. Absolutely. And Javi, let's get some series predictions here. But before we do that, Mm. I got to tell you guys about our friends over at game time and guys have you ever gone to a game that you don't really have tickets for but you really want to go in there last second check out our friends over at game time because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful and game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive fast deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price always guaranteed and now we get back into it as we're here in the home stretch for locked on nationals and locked on padres for this little edition of a locked on crossover podcast so javi what's your prediction because the padres they need to win this series yeah (laughs) (laughs) they sure do let me tell you man uh (laughs) um, I'm going to try not being too negative. 
I'm going to go to quote uh, Ryan Russillo, uh, just the law of averages theory. Uh, you got to <laughs> win some games at some point. Uh, like they're, they're just too talented to be this bad. So if I go from it from that perspective, I'm going to say that they win. I'll say they win two of three, I guess. Sure. Why not? Uh, I don't know which two they'll be. It'll probably be the ones that people don't expect as much. I think they'll play okay, and I think that they'll, you know, they're, the Nationals not too long ago. The last time, I don't know if it was the last time they faced them, but one of the last times they faced them, I think Crowderworth had a cycle. I think they had mm-hmm. that 16-run game in one of them. And, of course, Soto wasn't yet a Padre. This is a long time ago. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I just think they'll win two of three because they, they kind of have to, uh, um, especially coming after um, the day off. You know, after a really disappointing series against Boston, you have you Darvish on the bump. It was supposed to be, I think, Ryan Weathers, uh, but they decided to move um, his start up. Or I'm sorry, they decided to move you Darvish up. That way he could also pitch on Sunday against the Yankees. So I'll say they win two of three, but it's also likely that I'm still as sad by my friend right here. Uh, who's who if people could see on the YouTube video, just depressed. Uh, that's kind of been the vibe. But the, the totems that I have here each represent the yes. Padres a lot. You got Tatis. Pac-Man for Michael Waka and the Jinx here from the Netflix show, who's just sad. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with two out of three because in all, for all intents and purposes, the Nationals just aren't on the same level and they're a rebuilding yeah. team. So, but then again, they were supposed to do that against the Royals. So I'm not confident at all, but I'll say two out of three. You know what? Why not? I think the Nationals take two out of three. I think <laughs> it, it, which is nuts. Like I, it, it really should not yeah. be this way, but no, the Nationals, they have overperformed considering their expectations, which their expectations yeah. were to be the worst team in baseball. And they aren't the worst team in baseball. They've actually won some games and they played some really tough teams and they're battlers, man. Like this national team, I think you guys mm-hmm. will see tonight. Like they don't go down without a fight. Like they were mm-hmm. down eight to nothing against the Tigers the other night, the Tigers, the Detroit Tigers. And we came back, we battled back. We did not tie the game, but we did get close. And this team does not, quit they really don't have any quit and I think Mackenzie Gore tonight going up against his former team I just have a feeling he's a big game pitcher I have a Mm. feeling that right now as we sit here hobby he is cooped up in his apartment in Washington (laughs) DC and he is just sitting there listening to some music in his ear just kind of rocking back and forth like I can't wait to show the San Diego Mm -hmm. Padres what they are missing and I think Mike Rizzo is it's going to come in there, our president of baseball ops, and to say, you got this kid. We traded for you. We did not trade away Juan Soto. We traded for you, young man. Come in tonight, dominate against your former team, and let's go Nationals. How about that? I'm not going to lie. That was like watching the Braveheart speech. They got me kind of, you know, goosebumps, man. Well, well done by you. I, I mean, yeah, maybe he's listening to like the Guardians 3 soundtrack or something. I don't know. Uh, like, he's just ready to go. And as you mentioned, like, you know, on base percentage, they're 14th and batting average, they're fifth. That kind of illustrates a little bit about like a little bit of a pesky type of offense who might just very. at least nibble at you and get some hits. And with this Padres team, yes, they're very good defensively. So I think that they can handle your your base hits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just never know. Uh, and I, I'm really excited to see how um, Mackenzie Gore does. And I, I will I do want to leave on this also as well mm-hmm. is I'm still rooting for all the players in the Nationals. I'm still upset at Mike Rizzo. And the reason why is because I believe he is a sleeper agent. I've said this theory before. I think he was a sleeper agent for the Dodgers back in 2021. I think that the way he gave up Trey Turner as well as if he was uh, in the Max Scherzer trade, the fact that he gave him up 
like he was the onion ring you accidentally get when you order McDonald's fries or whatever. Yeah. And they just they just like, hey, have a Trey Turner too. And all they got back was Kiebert Ruiz and uh I, I can't remember Josiah the other Josiah Gray. I, Josiah I still Gray. believe. Yeah, Josiah Gray. That I can understand that for Scherzer if you did that. But for you to throw in Trey Turner like it was nothing. I think he was a sleeper agent. I think they they said some commands. They were it was you know around the trade deadline. Maybe they were having lunch or something at the All Star game. I think they said a series of words. They said something like Turner, homecoming, carnival, and then it just activated him. And he's like, "I will trade you my best players for basically not really all that much." And uh, I'm convinced of it. So that part I am mad about. Um, granted, I know the Dodgers still ended up losing that year too, but uh, that was one of the more. Um, scarring moments of my life uh the scherzer trade uh particularly the rich because get of, richer yeah the rich get richer and because of the ken rosenthal it sounded like the Padres are getting him and i whoo that was a time for me especially on twitter that was a time that was a that time. so that i'm mad was, about that but i love all the other guys can't wait and i even he, hope keeper ruiz turns out really good i well keeper ruiz obviously he got a pretty big extension and we'll be wrapping up here soon for everybody sticking around but we did yeah. stumble <laughs> into this conversation that i think is bad yeah. But Trey Turner, yeah, no, 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 I I love this. Trey Turner, who, I mean, that was a pretty surprising trade. Like, not a lot of people expected him to be traded. But, I mean, looking back at that, Josiah Gray this year has been our best starting pitcher by far and away. He has a sub-3 ERA after last year, leading the MLB in home runs given up, leaving the NL in walks. Like, Josiah Gray has completely taken a 180 this year. He has a sub-3 ERA. Uh, he's not getting the run support. He's not really striking out batters the way that we've seen from him. But the key thing is he's not walking as many batters. And most importantly, he's not giving up the long ball. Keybert Ruiz still has some development to do. We haven't really seen the power side of him yet. But again, kind of like CJ Abrams, he's a streaky hitter. So when he's hot, like let's mm-hmm. say if he gets hot tonight, like he's going to put one out. Like it's, you just never really know with him. He's a little inconsistent, but at the end of the day, I still really like that trade because I don't know if Trey Turner was going to be signing an extension here. He probably would have walked. It would have been really tough to see the Nationals give him $300 million going into free agency last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, Javi, so you got the Padres winning two of three. I got the Nationals winning two of three. Why not? Let's do it. The Nationals are one game back out of the wild card race from the San Diego Padres. No. So. Yeah, that's tough. Oh my that's, God. Oh my God. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Oh, no. Do it. Do it. Do it for Javi, Padres. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard. Do it for Javi. Padres. Just, just play. Just Drive play. in one run. We didn't even mention that. That's the biggest thing. Nationals fans. Uh, the Padres will get worse the more runners they have on base. I promise you. You will be astounded. At the poor at bats and strikeouts they have when runners are in scoring position, it's it's something to behold. So I look forward to that. I'm excited for this matchup tonight, Javi. And I thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals and Locked On Padres your first listen. We got our win prediction in again. I think we win two of three. Javi thinks they win two of three. So we'll just have to see what happens. But Javi, I'll see you on the flip side. For as I'm Ryan Clary, he's Javier Reyes. We will catch you guys another day. Have a good one.